And welcome to the Two Medics podcast. Just a quick shout out to our sponsors, mah.uk.com for medical accountancy needs and also to lifelinehealthcaregroup.co.uk for the best locum rates. So hello and welcome to the Two Medics podcast. Um, we don't have Imran today. This is just going to just fuel, it's going to fuel the rumours even more. I mean, the last episode that we released, it was just me monologuing like a crazy person. And we, we do actually have another episode that we have to release, but we haven't done. But being completely honest, Imran is just knackered. Like he's doing so many shifts. And literally right now, we're about half an hour late to start because he's asleep. And we were like messaging him and we didn't get any reply. And his wife... Rabia replied, being like, oh, he's asleep. What should he do? And I was like, oh, mate, he, this guy never sleeps. Let's just let him sleep. So we're doing a rec- another episode without him, but I guess that will create a sense of anticipation for our guest. So um, without further ado, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, uh, my name's Ben, and I, um, I've i got a few followers on Twitter. You do, don't you? Yeah, but that's not, that's not yeah, all of you. That's... that's not all of you. No. Um, I, I'm a, I'm a, um, what's the current, am I, ju- am I junior, am I doctor or, or am I senior? Um, but cent- I'm a doctor. Are you central? And I do a bit of research. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. I'm a central. Um, what was the, what was the best one in that document? Oh Prominent gosh. Or sort of, yeah, yeah. there's some brilliant ones. There's so many, but we actually know each other from med school, don't we? So we go, we kind of go back, although I guess we didn't interact that much. But um, I feel no, like I, I, I was of... probably not the, the the most medical medical student, or, or maybe not the best medical student. No, oh, I don't say that. I mean, like a bit like Imran. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, like we we definitely won't be ones to talk about being the kind of archetypal um, amazing medical student. So your specialty is gastroenterology, um, but at the moment yep, you're yep. doing research. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what that is about? I mean, in just, you know, to a cardiologist, so keep it simple. If you can involve platelets, then that'd be awesome, but it's not that important. Yeah, I, I guess uh, I've sort of happened upon research rather than always thought I was going to do it. And uh, um, it's neuroendocrine neoplasia, it's, it's data, really. It's not the most exciting stuff in the world. Um, not really clever research. I'm not taking bits of liver or anything like that. Um, looking at data, looking for, looking at survival. Uh, for tumors, basically. Uh, for, I mean, that sounds pretty cool. I mean, taking bits of liver doesn't sound that nice, though. To be fair, so it doesn't that doesn't sound that cool. Don't, don't you know? And don't bring yourself. Down. So on this podcast, we're like an elevating people kind of thing. So no self-deprecation. That's the last self-deprecating thing you're allowed to say. That's it. You've used that strike three strikes. Oh, this is going to be an uncomfortable uh, <laughs> time. Then. Yeah, fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Well, why don't we like talk about something that we know is really good for us? So there's a tweet from um, Chris Riggers, and he was talking about how drinking more water changed his life. Did you, so you saw this thread, right, Ben? Um, what did you think? What do you, what do you think? Did you learn anything? What did you learn from there? Well, you know. Yeah, I liked this. I liked this mm. thread. Um, it's just funny, isn't it? I mean, everyone, everyone seems to have a water bottle with them all the time yeah. nowadays. And, and, and as far as I know, you know if you've, if you've been drinking enough water because you're not thirsty anymore. That is true. Um, that is true. That's what I use anyway. You use, but, use but really, thirst. You just like to pee more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fair enough. Yeah. So what, what is that technique Obviously, called? being on the cardiology side of the uh, argument, you're, 
you know, you want people to pee more. Sometimes. You don't want them to drink more. We don't. So we fluid restrict them, but we make them pee. It's, it's complicated, but essentially we want people, we want the kidneys to be punished. The e- kidneys are evil and they must be punished. But um, <laughs> the thing is, though, I mean, I, I must say I'm pretty guilty of owning. A, I mean, I'm always buying and losing water bottles. I really like water bottles, though. I quite like kind of going on Amazon and buying funky um, water bottles. And then I tell people that I'm going to lose the water bottle. And usually that day I will lose the water bottle. And so last week I decided that I'd had enough. And I bought this kind of, they're like the ones that you take to the gym. Like they're like keg-sized water bottles because it's like. Oh, yeah, man. They're the worst. They're the worst because they just look. I, yeah, make, they. Everyone will know. Everyone will look at me and be like, that bellend has got that massive water bottle but then they'll know it's mine no one will steal it if anyone sees it they'll know it belongs to me and i'm like that's lose proof or something so we'll see i'll let you know i'll keep you updated but um everyone's just thinking how much you're going to be peeing yeah see exactly that. my pee must be straw colored yeah sadly not but um so what's the moral of the story who cares how much water you drink you'll feel knackered anyway that's true <laughs> <laughs> that is true fair enough pretty bleak yeah oh gosh all right well i mean um there, there are quite a few, oh gosh, that trope that I use, uh, topics to talk about. You know, so obviously, I'm not sure how to kind of like go into industrial action with you because I feel like, well, the junior doctors committee and stuff. Should we talk about that? Or, I mean, what do you... Yeah, yeah? I think it's, it's an interesting time at the moment, isn't mm. it? What do you, What's your take? Um, I, th- I think there's a... There, there's a a bunch of uh, people, doctors coming through now, medical students and doctors who, who seem to have a much clearer idea of things, maybe than, than in general we did in the past. Maybe we were a bit, maybe at the time we sort of argued with a lot of this stuff. You know, we 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 sort of fought very strongly against the idea that we were naive, but we probably were quite naive. And and you know there was all this debate about the contract before and making it about conditions more than pay and, and what can a contract do what what can it not do and I, I think I think that the really the pay issue is is really the biggest issue and it probably was the biggest issue back then and and maybe maybe we could have focused on that more at the time but there were so many things you know in in relation to that which which were not going which were not going very well and still are not going well but I think mm. the, the focal point now is you, you need to you need to pay people more because their jobs have got harder. There's even less, you know, even less staff, um, more rotor gaps, and and other things haven't really got better. And people, mm. you know, in terms of retention and, and workforce planning, we just well, I think we need to pay people more. Yeah. Do you think now? Obviously, so much else has happened, right? So obviously, there's COVID and recession and many 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 more years of austerity and obviously as time's gone on the kind of the our wages have kind of really not changed very much in that time so that kind of disparity between inflation and how much we're being being paid is so much worse do you think all of those things are likely to change the outcome because obviously I mean how do you feel like it ended up and do you think it will do you think there are kind of more signs of promise now yeah, I think I think so. Um, I think that the you know maybe the BMA has a a bit of a clearer idea of what it wants. I think that the um, maybe the J the the junior doctors committee is a bit 
maybe a bit more on the same page. I don't know because I'm not I'm not really involved in it at all mm-hmm. anymore. Um, I think there was quite a bit of of mixed messaging before. Um, that wasn't always helpful. Yeah. So I think that this time maybe there's a bit more more of a direction. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a good opportunity for you if, you know, there are people at the BMA uh, uh, that you were kind of um, interacting with back then that you didn't like and you just wanted to get off your chest. So is there anyone you want to moan about or <laughs> call out on you? No? Uh, how about, how about no, this? I don't know. How, how about if I say a list of dates? No, I'm joking, I'm joking. Okay, fair enough. So, um, but, okay, moving on, because I feel like this is something, uh, I keep saying this is something we we'll end up talking a lot about, and it is, but... Um, Moving on, because there's so much, so many other things to cover. So there was a, a tweet today from Roshana Median Staffel, and she was saying, be under no illusion, a big part of the problem to medical deprofessionalism is the absolute learned helplessness of our profession. The lack of the art of adult conflict resolution, diplomatic management, constant reporting on one another for, or bullying to deal with issues. I wish I could share the numerous examples I've been told just this week. It is mentally bloody exhausting to see we can be so inept at basic work relationship hygiene. I want to bang my head against a steel girder. Um, why have we lost pay in management? We've weakened ourselves. I thought that kind of like plays in quite well with how we, how, how it must be to kind of organise doctors. But um, how do you think this learned helplessness as she describes it, i mean her words obviously but i can kind of see where she comes from we're not very good at conflict resolution right because we no. just kind of capitulate that's what we do patients <clears throat> yeah and, and I, i'm definitely someone who particularly in a, in a hospital setting would always try and avoid a conflict whenever possible really yeah. um i think most of the time it, it pro- probably doesn't really help but it, so i suppose i sort of agree with that but but the learn helplessness thing—it's um, difficult because we're we're part of this big machine, this big system where you know we're we're told what our role is. We have to supposed to keep to that sort of role, and we sort of got a carrot and the stick, which is you know where we're going to, yeah. and we're supposed to play our role and, and be be a part of this, and and we get there in the end. But but I agree, and I, and I think um, yeah, we we probably don't stick up for ourselves, and we're probably a bit afraid to stick up for ourselves because of the consequences usually mm. it may be in the form of like an ARCP you know what will somebody say or or sometimes even you know you wouldn't maybe want to say something at the start of a firm if you know you're going to be with those people for four months and you probably wouldn't want to speak to a senior in a certain way but maybe you should yeah. um so yeah I think it's a problem I think I don't know I think there are ways to do it aren't there like um I think taking somebody aside, like after a war drown, maybe yeah. if it's a senior, it's always a really difficult thing. I think if you can, if you can ask someone, can I just have like a quiet word with you? And quite often, you can pretty much sort out most things. Mm. I think most people um, are quite receptive. But yeah, it, it is an issue. I mean, learn helplessness. I'm not I'm not sure exactly what exactly that alludes to because you know that's quite a massive topic. Yeah. You know, um, but I, I do think that we we're put in, we're forced to to be be in a system which definitely encourages that yeah. um, i don't think that that's something exclusive to doctors though mm. i think that's that definitely happens in other industries yeah, sure. um, but i mean it is quite kind of it's so hierarchical though isn't it like it is there, there is there is such a kind of power in but like simply by people asserting what their role is it changes the conversation doesn't it like when you answer the thing yeah it does yeah and it's, it's something that you know is a 
I suppose as a reg, you always try not to do it mm. as much as possible. But then, then, then I suppose there is a function to having a hierarchy in a way that you know that, that work is distributed differently in, in within that. But um, but yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's difficult. Um, you also you'll see your you know your consultants, some of them acting in certain ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. You, I think you you you've got to use every example as a way do you want to be like this person or do you want to not be like this person in one particular thing or another thing? Um, and everyone's uh, got a mixed, everyone's a bit of a mixed bag, aren't mm. they? And there's some people who you might really look up to them, but sometimes the way that they'll speak to somebody, you think, God, I would, that's, that's not, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. wouldn't do that. Yeah. And you take on board um, what you want, but yeah, we do, we are in a hierarchy and, and that I think you're right. And that is more than other, other professions and more than, more than other industries. And the hierarchy probably, yeah, probably brings out some of that. I just think it's funny though, isn't it? Because within our own little kind of uh, ecosystem, we might just, uh, by virtue of our position or whatever, that kind of holds some power, like our, our, the medical registrar or whatever. But then when it comes to the public now, almost saying I'm the medical reg like means nothing. So therefore you don't have that kind of position to, to kind of carry weight. And I just kind of wonder, like, yeah. um, do we, do we hang a bit on our medical personas? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Because then we're outside yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's funny. But, um, I think, I mean, I got a call the other day when I was on call from some, from, it was from an ITU consultant. They didn't say who they were, who, who they were. So I go, so I answer the phone, hi, it's Dusha, cardiology reg. And they start with this kind of whole thing, some spiel about the patient they want me to see. And then they kind of like, I think they just like meander off. And then they go, this is the ITU consultant, by the way. Like, <laughs> okay. Like I just think that I was sitting in silence. Like often I just sit there and it's like. And then you're like, oh, everything oh, I said was a yeah. lie. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I was just like, oh, hello, ITU consultant. It's just like, it's just really funny. I used to, I used to work with an AMU consultant who, who, would, who would love to take the MedReg bleep every so often right. and just pretend to be the reg until a point. And then go surprise! Ah, <laughs> ah, talking to the consultant. Yeah. Oh. Think about what you just said. Do you want this discussed with the educational supervisor? Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah, I hear that. Um, but interestingly, so there's another. I'm going to stop quoting Rashana after this one. So Rashana also did a tweet which said, "Do not pol- police juniors' tweets by weaponizing their training position just because you don't like what they say." We're watching yours, woman who sent. All kinds of examples up and down the country and that's interesting as well so i've i've mm. um, heard from people who said that they've kind of had their tweets brought up in some way or, or another and often it's kind of done in this kind of peculiar way where yeah geez that's scary scary isn't it um i guess my my bosses i mean they know that i'm on twitter and stuff um but i think they realize that most of my tweets are just about stupid things rather than about work um, so they've never really mentioned anything. I just kind of wonder, uh, I, I can imagine though how vulnerable a person might feel if like a boss just is like, oh, you tweeted this thing and it was very unprofessional. And you're like, what do you, what do you think about yeah, that? It's, it's, oh, yeah, I spent a long time um, <laughs> kind of worrying about this actually. Yeah. But I think, Obviously, Dr. Philip Lee, I think um, no one can ever, you know, <laughs> stick their neck out like as much as he does or yeah. um i mean he he kind of he kind of tweets as if he he's still just kind of tweeting to his mates and yeah i i, I really respect that and i i don't have that confidence um to, to just you know just 
pull a joke out which is you know a bit uh and i think maybe if you're a consultant maybe it's a bit easier but you don't still don't see any other consultants tweeting like him so um but yeah i mean yeah it's you wouldn't you wouldn't want to be sat there in in the alcp and then they, they pull up something and say so but but i think what 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 i try and do is maybe i don't know i suppose like on twitter you've kind of got things that you tweet about and things that you don't like everyone has their things right Hmm. um and some people are a bit more you know they share a bit more about themselves and some people share a bit less and and that's kind of social media right it's a bit it's a bit like that and and obviously twitter is very different from instagram yeah something which i to be honest i don't don't really use at all Hmm. but um i mean some of the some of the instagram posts that that you know you see um doctors do as well you, you sort of think definitely wouldn't mm. put that out there but, yeah, yeah, but you know they're confident to do that so fair play mm. um so i guess moving away well sticking on the topic of social media but also kind of weird things that we've seen so there was a tweet that i think imran linked which is about um there's some from katie katie who said i have pretty bad ent problems uh, anyway uh, so have to do regular sinus washes. Have you seen videos of that? I was, I'm like so tempted to do it. But then I'm also like, oh, the idea of squirting stuff into my nose and having it come out the other nostril seems kind of painful and scary to me. But I mean, this morning's wash delivered a surprise from deep within my sinus, a spider. A spider went up my nose and died in there. How does she know that? But anyway, I will be plugging all entry points this evening. Oh, okay, all evening. Very good. Fair enough. Um so you want to spend your Thursday oh it's not Thursday was it what day was it anyway I have to deal with it now you do too and she's got a little picture of this tiny little this cute little dead spider that had been up her nose apparently but you were sceptical weren't you do you do you think this spider was really out there no I'm, I'm just one of those people that um I mean for example you know you talk about Fesshole all the time and yeah. every single time I read Fesshole I go well yes, really? uh... although I like you know it's, I'm sure that, I'm sure that that spider did <sighs> come from 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 inside her sinuses post wash but yeah. i do think that we should th- see things from the side of the the spider's perspective What's a that? bit um, <laughs> like, because, spiders. because that spider doesn't look very alive it doesn't um, and, you know he looks like he's had a bit of a bad time there. it does how do you know it's a he it could be a she want to get up that's true that's true <laughs> reassess your biases uh, mate. oh my gosh um yeah true and uh and i and i think that in general spiders do a great job you know yeah um and, and a lot of time yeah i think they get a bit of a bad press really are you, are you being serious i'm ter- i mean it wouldn't surprise no, me I, i'm a big i'm a big spider fan are you yeah, serious you were being fan. serious before yeah no, okay uh, i feel like you need to elaborate like what is it that you like so much about them um, i mean i think they're pretty cute no way to be honest you want this did you have a pet spider not only oh, no, no, I never had the pets. That's weird. But I think they're cute, and they're also they're so useful, you know, because they 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 get all the the flies and you know the uh, yeah, I don't, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm definitely on I'm, I'm pro spider. Oh, okay, um, but I could understand if you if one fell out your nose, you yeah, I, feel I mean, I'd I'd certainly be a bit bit of creeped out by that. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, it sounds like I mean, it's an easy joke to make, isn't it? A superhero origin story, and I was really thinking about it. I was like, so. If a spider went up your nose, like what powers would you get from the spider going up your nose? It's quite difficult to think about, isn't it? Because then I was like, oh, spiders, I mean, do they have a keen sense of smell? I don't think they do. Maybe they can't smell anything at all. Maybe your superpower would be that you wouldn't be able to smell anything, which would be perfect for gastroenterology, wouldn't it, I suppose? But um, I just, sorry, I had to make a poo joke somehow. Um, Yeah, there's some sort of 
spider spider person joke in there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's buried somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I need to. I think that's been done, though. Yeah, do you reckon? I was going to do like a mind map or like a web. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, okay, fine. I'll move on. <laughs> I desperately wanted to be a punchline in there, but I guess I guess I'll just move on. So, um, moving on to some other interesting topics through the week. So, um, I, there was a tweet. I think Ben Besker certainly mentioned about how there been some cancellation of Pacers exams, and I think it was really quite short notice. I think, um, and I feel like I don't know. Um, it's annoying, right? I think. <sighs> I think for a number of different reasons. It's awful. I think it's awful. I think it's terrible. Like I think that just really epitomizes the complete lack of respect that um that that to be honest our colleges show us sometimes and the amount of money that we pay them and mm. the importance of the exams, you know, like for some people that might have been the exam which depends on, you know, whether they get a job or not. Yeah, totally. Um and and again you you know we get one of these trite kind of statements from a from a ceo just to say we're really sorry and it's like well you know it just it just it shouldn't really happen mm. um not not if we're paying the amount of money we pay not if uh, it's as important as it is i just don't think that that that, that should happen i didn't really think that was good enough mm. honestly yeah that that i mean think about the amount of people that so much they may not be able to will they be able to sit paces again before um, you know, it's if if that can, if that sort of thing can happen, then they then it needs to be made less important to the progression of our career. Absolutely. Uh, in you know, I just yeah, that's there's got to be more like there's got to be more diets of it, and they've got to be, I think they've got to be a lot more kind of reasonable or a lot more kind of willing to kind of re, 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 recompense compensate people for for it, like whether it's along the lines of having like another date really soon after or kind of waiving yeah. the fee or you know something along those lines because it's so i remember like because yeah, I, I don't think just just refunding is is enough yeah i really don't think that's enough yeah. um because because people build these exams up so much because we're we're told how important they are yeah, because yeah. they are important for progression for jobs for everything mm-hmm. um yeah i don't i don't think it's enough to put out a statement and say don't worry you're all going to be refunded you know reimbursed Which is like, essentially what they said, i don't know i think Nate, more more should have been done yeah, yeah at that point still should have been and i don't know what but um, yeah yeah i think the thing is if the... it was me that would have just been terrible like mm. i would have really messed with everything yeah but you kind of really, really have feel to... for those, those guys you have to kind of get into the zone i think for those kind of oski type things and i remember and so you kind of and thinking about all the kind of swaps you have to do, because you get the data, funny time, and so like, oh, you know, scramble to like swap on calls, get leave, and you know, if there are yeah, other exactly. people who want to do the exam at the same time, then you're like vying with them for leave, and that's all, you know, all that conflict that brings up. And do you remember um, with with COVID that there's the limited spaces as well? Oh yeah. So there was such a backlog, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and. Um, then it, it makes this this even worse because people are people are getting less attempts and you know there's this pressure to you know try to catch up and all the rest of it and yeah mm. I don't know I, uh, I think I think that there should be a lot more done about that yeah fair enough I mean that's so true yeah as you say with the amount of money that is paid towards it there sh- there should be more solutions the big brains the big brains you know that, that are getting quite a lot of cash. They, they should yeah. put their big brains together and come up with some solutions. solutions. So anyway, moving on. So there's a, a tweet from James Timpson. 
Um, and he he tweeted on the 27th of June saying, this is a busy time of year for colleagues at Timpson to get married. So it's great to be able to give them an extra week's holiday, fully paid, £100 towards the flowers and provide a nice car and driver to be used on the special day. And um, Antoinette, so at Mrs. Eleanor O'Hara, tweeted, cries in NHS. Yeah, cries indeed. Um, amazing, really. Isn't that so cool? Yeah, it's a, it's a different world, isn't it? Yeah, Timson's. Just It really makes you think about um, what uh, what different working environments are like. Um, I mean, I remember having to miss one of my, my best friend's stag because I couldn't find a, a swap on ICU nights for yeah. months and I just couldn't go in the end. And it's, yeah, but, but it's really difficult to explain that to, to people in other yeah. professions maybe and things like this. But uh, yeah, it's... God, cries in NHS, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. So we um, were talking, though, weren't we? Should we talk about the kind of creep of kind of commercialization within the NHS? Um, so it all started with chat about Costa. And, you know, I, I've got to say, of the Costa Cafe Nero Starbucks triangle of coffee places, oh, yeah. I've got to say that Costa is probably oh, right. my go-to. I think it's probably at the apex, whereas Starbucks and Cafe Nero... I think they're probably at the bottom two corners. What do you think? Or is it, have Costa ruined it for yeah. you by being everywhere in NHS, in the NHS? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's fashionable to to hate on Costa, but I think... Is it fashionable? Uh, I'm so out of fashion, I, but I actually love Costa. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't mind a Costa. I don't mind a Costa. Okay. But it is, I, I do think, I suppose, um, I suppose I've been around, like, doing medical jobs for quite a while now. Right. You know, since maybe 2009-ish on and off. And, uh it's weird how Costa's just sort of taken over every single hospital. Mm. Um, I mean, I, I know I only know really, you know, London East and, and a bit South, but and that, maybe that's happened everywhere else. But we've just seen Costa take over, and I, I think the, what I said to you was mm. that the there's other other companies which have also sort of got into the NHS in a yeah. similar way, and you know these these big contracts, and you think they must be established now for some time. Mm. Um, Costa, whether they pay or whether they don't pay to be a part of each hospital or whether they just take the profits or, or what I mean. Yeah. But, it, but it's, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, it's that kind of commercialization. Um, and I saw, I've seen, seen a meme in over the last few years of, you know, you, you look at the hospital, one of the signs in the corner of a, of a corridor and it says sort of like uh, <laughs> McDonald's to the right, uh, you know, this to the left and you're inside the hospital and it's just, yeah. and that's kind of happening really mm. uh, this sort of integration. Oh, that's a good thing or a bad thing. I don't know. I mean, the old school NHS was just just a very vanilla, wasn't it? Um, yeah. And now we've got we've got basically wherever you turn, you've got integration of one company or another. Mm. They kind of corner the market. I mean, like, I do think the W. H. Smiths. I mean, most of the kind of hospitals I work in seem to have W. H. Smiths everywhere. Um, and I'm like, really, uh, I quite like that one of the W. H. Smiths. In one of the places I work, also has like an M&S bit. So I'm like, ooh, M&S bit. But um, it oh, is yeah, love an M&S. M&S, right? Um, but like, what do you think is wrong with that? I suppose I, I don't. I suppose what I'm what I'm more getting towards is sort of the commodification of health. I suppose, mm. or the or the seeing of, of health and um, and how you know hospitals or GP surgeries as um, as commercial entities more than. Uh, more than as, as simply, you know, where care happens or, or things like that. Um, 
I, I mean, I don't have a problem with a with a cost of being in an NHS hospital. Obviously, um, I don't have a problem with private companies. Obviously, uh, you know, I drive a car mm. which is which is made by Vauxhall. Oh my gosh! Um, okay, <laughs> it's like, it's how could I possibly have a, a problem with private companies? But I think that um, when you're when you're talking about health, I suppose when you start to encroach on on seeing health as a or, or illness maybe as a business opportunity that's where i start to get really uncomfortable yeah um and i think it it can sort of set up perverse incentives yeah um the, the more that you introduce the, the profit motive in i think the more you can get these sort of perverse incentives and i suppose you know there's that quite interesting um uh, article in the lancet which has just come out i believe from an oxford group yeah uh, about um you know they've looked at data and, and uh, since the 2012 act and they've they've looked at how does the um how does the increased outsourcing affect outcomes yeah and, you know the link that that they found is that maybe it actually has made outcomes or one of the factors that's made outcomes significantly worse mm. um i mean i don't really i don't blame costa for that no but <laughs> i know i know what you mean I mean, but it was just a way into that discussion yeah we should leave costa out of this shouldn't we i don't know why i brought costa into it and besmirched their name but we know that i mean it's not the same tell you what why did they stop doing the the paper cards uh, though i mean I, I was happy with the stamps yeah. i like the stamps Good. and then and what happened was i got on the digital ones and then i was getting my stamp i was on my card and then i lost the card oh. um probably about eight years ago right. i lost i lost all my points and then they said that's all right just start a new one i said <laughs> i said no I'm not starting another one. That's oh, it. That's it. I've, that's it now. I, I will never get another stamp. I'll just drink yeah. more water. Oh, no, not a Starbucks. Anything but Starbucks. Oh, fair enough. Drink more water, mate. Get Evian. All right. I mean, I do. You you linked the paper to us earlier, didn't you? So that was written by Ben Goodyear, who's on Twitter. So and yes, so the the name of the paper, or at least the kind of title, is "Outsourcing Healthcare Services to the Private Sector and Treatable Mortality Rates in England, 2013 to 2020: An Obser Observational Study of NHS Privatization." And their kind of abstract says, NH "NHS outsourcing on the rise for profit expenditure associated with higher." mortality rates, declining population health outcomes may be worsened by privatization. I don't think anyone's talking about Costa, as you say. It's probably, it's like, it's it's weird though, isn't it? I mean, we're seeing it kind of everywhere. We're seeing kind of outsourc um, outsourcing of different services. I mean, it's odd, isn't it? Like payrolls with Serco and like all of these different things are kind of going to... Capita doing yeah. uh, the HR checks. Yeah. It's like, mm, interesting. All these people making yeah, money. It's, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I'm not I'm not clever enough to know the solution, but but I think that the the solution can't just be outsource all the things no. all the time. No. That doesn't really seem to make sense. And uh, uh, clearly, the, there's going to be much more money wasted if you're doing that because because then you're bringing bringing in more where there, there has to be a profit margin. Mm. So yeah, to me, it doesn't doesn't seem like the most sense. But um, so I mean, moving on, I guess to the issue of of money and getting it to the right places. Um, there was a tweet from Bex Fisher, um, who she was kind of tweeting a, an article from Pulse today that says, which was from, uh, which uh, commented on the Royal College of General Practitioners. It's a demands action to avoid 19,000 strong mass exodus of GPs and trainees. Be uh, talking about the disparity of general practice in deprived areas. General practice in deprived areas has more demand. There's a higher patient need, but often they have much less funding and as a result, fewer GPs. Um, and they were talking about how that's you know, a difficult problem to fix. And they essentially looked at 30 years of attempts to try and change this. And they call it quite pithily the inverse care law. 
in general practice. I guess they uh, the funding is going to to bases of voters. Is that what's going on? Do you think? Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know much about the Car Hill formula. I was actually, I was actually just doing a bit of reading on it just now. Hmm. But I think that um, it's, a, it is, you know, a a way to to distribute resources fairly amongst more deprived areas. Hmm. And and I think that um, there's quite a lot of people. This is this is just from very limited knowledge, but but that don't really think that that, that Car Hill um, does does a good job. And I suppose anything which, you know, any way to improve that, um, because clearly we're not putting money into the right areas. And, and like like Bex is saying in her tweets, um, people don't want to uh, keep staying in jobs in areas where they're completely overrun with a high turnover of staff. Um, it's just not it's not sustainable. You know, like we're talking about, again, retention is is really important and directing the right resources to to where they're needed most surely that's a really good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I guess if we're going to talk about diverting resources, we should talk about Tory MP. I mean, uh, there was, I guess, there's one of the things that I've seen a lot of, understandably on Twitter the last couple of days, is the understandable, this the Roe versus Wade ruling in the States and you know, people understandably very, very angry. Um, it's kind of heading to a worrying place. And I think kind of there, there were two tweets that I wanted to mention. One was um, a tweet from Ross Moy, who said something along the lines of, I'm pretty sure someone the other day tr- tried to tell me it can't happen here, referring to the UK. Here, well, we have 100 MPs, mostly from our governing party, who voted to restrict abortion. And this is in 2019, not very long time ago. And a lot of these politicians are still you know, Suella Braverman, Steve Baker, uh, Andrew, Bri- Andrew Bridgen, these are all kind of usual suspects, aren't they? Um, Maria Caulfield, Teresa Coffey, oh my gosh, she's the worst. No, she's not the worst, but one of the worst. Charlie Elphick, Elphick the, um, well, I'm sorry about him, but anyway, and like, you know, um, I mean, obviously they're kind of obvious ones, like I'm sure Jacob Rees-Mogg must be there, but you know, yeah, he's there. Yeah, he is. Dominic Raab. Just, Dominic Raab. Yeah. yeah. Kind of scary ones. Um, do you, people from the DUP. Yes, I guess. But people, I think the reason why I thought I'd mention it is because there was this other kind of um, tweet that I saw, which is about um, people talking about outrage on the internet. And um, so it was a tweet from... Brave New Films, and it's, it goes, the road to fascism is lined with people telling you to stop overreacting. And I get the impression yeah. that, well, I mean, I saw there was some, some chap in, some Conservative uh, MP in Parliament saying, oh, this is like a political decision and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I think it there is that kind of, I will say age old, but that debate that kind of seems to kind of be ongoing. I don't think people have a real consensus on, you know, platforming and no platforming and whether there are legit whether there are just voices that are just simply nonsense and whether they should be given a platform and whether you kind of give credibility to these kind of fringe people who then slowly become more and more um mainstream or whatever and then suddenly you're you're on this is kind of on the table again abortion like what um bonkers really it just blows my mind it blows my mind um, so when people are saying, oh, it couldn't ever happen here. And it's like, what about like Northern Ireland? And it's, I mean, what, what's happening? <laughs> Do you, t- tell yeah, me it's, 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 yeah, I know. Um, 
I c- couldn't believe it either. And it, it, yeah, again, but we think we, it couldn't happen here. But but you know, these things, America's not so far away, and they're not so far away from us. And I, I don't think I think a lot of the time with those, the, you know, the first tweet you were talking about with with overreacting and and stuff. Mm. I think I don't think you can you can overreact to something mm. to something like this. And it, even though we're obviously quite far away geographically from america we're not we're not that far away from them Mm. um as a society and 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 yeah i I think the time the time to speak out in in favor of abortion rights would be now Mm. um i don't think you could really overreact about that um and 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 the the thing you know the road to fashion i mean if you if you if you were to talk to germans or italians or japanese who at some points when fascism was growing there was there was a time when people would have been told that they were overreacting that they shouldn't and mm. i suppose in even in recent memory i mean look at the storming of the capital yeah. right you had a bunch of uh you know supposed quite quite fringe people but there was a leader who encouraged that and and built that movement as well and and was even trying to to storm the capital and you know people were almost people working well someone was killed but more people would could have been killed uh, you know, so I, I just think, yeah, that there's a lot of overblown stuff about, for example, fascism that you'll see in in Twitter debates or Facebook debates. Okay, but but actually, you know, there there are steps towards this sort of thing. Um, but but yeah, I just I, I think some of these things, you know, like the Roe versus Wade, I don't know how to how to take it too much because it's 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 just so it's so depressing it and it's so bad yeah. that that you almost you almost you know you 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 think about it and you absorb it and maybe you you do what you can do and you talk to people and you you try and change their mind and um, but but yeah it's yeah, yeah it's 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 pretty it's pretty awful mm. it's it's the pits really yeah absolutely so there was kind of um a kind of there are two because obviously i'm conscious of the fact there are two men talking about it right but i feel like everyone needs to kind of talk about it in the sense that we all if you know we all kind of think that's that um abortion it um is healthcare, and so we need to kind of be as vocal about that as possible because these fringe people are you know seem to be the ones that are kind of shouting the the loudest yeah. i saw this really good reply that said every time the abortion discussion comes up i like to point out this quote by dave barnett a, a traditional christian pastor the unborn are a convenient group of people to advocate for they never make demands of you they are morally uncomplicated unlike the incarcerated addicted or the chronically poor they don't resent your condescension or complain that you are not politically correct unlike widows they don't ask you to question patriarchy unlike orphans they don't need money education or childcare. unlike aliens they don't bring that racial cultural and religious baggage that you dislike they allow you to feel good about yourself without any work at creating or maintaining relationships and when they are born you can forget about them because they cease to be unborn. It's almost as if by, be, by being born, they have died to you. You can love the unborn and advocate for them without substantially ch- challenging your own wealth, power or privilege, without reimagining social structures, apologizing or making reparations to anyone. They are, in short, the perfect people to love if you want to claim you love Jesus, but actually dislike people who breathe. Prisoners, immigrants, the sick, the poor, widows, orphans, all the groups that are specifically mentioned in the Bible, they all get thrown under the bus for the unborn. And I just, um, I think that it just really sums up for me the hypocrisy in the people who are kind of trying to push this opposite agenda. Um, they just want to control women, and they're just using, you know, the unborn as a as an excuse. Um, but there's, oh, sorry, like I'm just like 
sorry, just like reading out stuff. But there is this um, other tweet oh no, um, on Instagram from Jacinda Arden, who said, here in New Zealand, we recently legislated to decriminalize abortion and treat it as health rather than a criminal issue. That change was grounded in the fundamental belief that it's a woman's right to choose. People are absolutely entitled to have deeply held con- convictions on this issue, but those personal beliefs should never rob rob another from making their own decisions. To see that principle now lost in the United States feels like a loss for women everywhere. When there are so many issues to tackle, so many challenges that face women and girls, we need progress, not to fight the same fights and move backwards. That's exactly how it feels, right? Moving backwards. Yeah, and that's that's Jacinta Arden and being posted by Professor Devi Sridhar, the the legend. Mm. Um, So yeah, could could not really say any better than that. No, absolutely. Um, Hard to know where to kind of move on from that um i wonder i mean there was um a tweet from i um icona writes and um i think it kind of sums up a feeling which is are you burned out or are you having a reasonable reaction to a never-ending barrage of bad news which you can do very little about yeah, yeah i know and, and it's the doom scrolling thing isn't it and that you know there's an account on twitter which is is i think it's called eternal screaming or something right and every single tweet is just a scream like ah, <laughs> and it does one per hour um, and so if you follow that account on twitter oh, yeah you'll be doom scrolling and then every every few tweets you, you know every so often during the day you'll just see a screw a long scream yeah um I, which which is actually not as bad as you think I, it might be. I remember like the I think there's a subreddit called iBleach, and I remember that being kind of like pretty stuff. It was like animals and stuff, isn't it? Like, um, and so it was kind of like nice to kind of go to that if you've been doom scrolling or whatever, and just kind of see a picture of a cute puppy. My my, I think my favorite is probably Photoshop battles. Oh uh, yeah, so that's good. If I really need a, a just a, a pick me up, yeah. just go and have a look at, at Photoshop battles because some of the stuff there is is really really good. Yeah. Well, one account that I really like. Um, uh, so Gar, so at so at underscore G A R M C. So he's a liaison psychiatry specialty doctor, and um, he was talking about taking a break. So kind of every July, he kind of uh, puts the phone down, and um, he says, "I plan to take July off Twitter again. I mostly enjoy it on here, but I can get sucked in. The worst bit is definitely the anti psychiatry hate. We've seen I've seen a bit of that. Um, the worst bit is definitely the anti psychiatry hate. Sorry, this isn't a pity party invitation, but a tweet I will pin because I sometimes get concerned DMs when I disappear. Yeah, fair enough. He's a good guy. Um, do you kind of restrict the amount of time that you're on the phone and social media? Or how do you manage it? Yeah, I try. I think." Um... In the past, I've not always been been very good at that. I think I'm better at it now right. a bit. Uh, although my fiance might not agree <laughs> with that, <laughs> she's always. But but I try, and I think that the break thing is really is really important, and that's super important. And like uh, I've done that myself for a long period of time, and you you do really detox, and there clearly is there there clearly is things going in and going on in our brains which are being triggered by the social media and and when you disconnect from that for a bit um it is it is very nice after Mm. a while obviously it takes a while to get used to not sort of having the handheld device and not having that but i think i suppose it's like these running battles you know that you get caught up in Mm. um at times particularly if like like what i've done is it's quite a lot of different campaigns and stuff online over over the last few years and and you know you you, you're quite passionate about what you're doing you want to maybe persuade people you want to challenge people that you think that's something wrong and maybe you want to challenge it and 
but but a lot of the time it, it, it just saps you and and a lot of the time maybe someone else is really just trying to sap you as well mm. um but you don't realize that because you're you're kind of just you know you're just scrolling you're just replying you're just yeah going on and on and on and and then when you maybe have a break it is it is a real breath of fresh air mm. so I, I think he's definitely doing the right thing and any time that somebody feels like the idea that they might want to have a break i think definitely take a break yeah. and you'll you'll from all social media mm. definitely do that i find there's certain things that definitely suck me back in like even seeing like the number of notifications like on the phone i'm like oh and yeah i know that like with tiktok or whatever like i don't know why that gives me notifications because it's not like um i've like marked out particular people to like send me messages or whatever so i i just deleted like the apps deleted everything right. from the phone so what, just completely so what you go on browsers then do you or is that how you navigate the apps? No, no. As in, uh, when I when I did have a break, oh, like, properly, just just delete, you know, just complete cold turkey. Like, don't even have. There's no way that a notification could come up on the phone because, like you, I wouldn't. Hmm. I would just respond to it or do something like that. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but I think I think I'm probably better now hmm. than I used to be. I can uh, probably compartmentalize a, a bit more. Yeah. Okay. And and you know, if somebody is, I think it's you just need to figure out if if someone is really really actually willing to maybe have their opinion changed or really is interested in what you're saying mm. versus if they kind of just want a bit of needle, you know, yeah. uh, and yeah. which really you, you could then get into something for a while and it's just not, it's not going to benefit anybody. Uh, and that's, that's the sort of thing that you then get yourself into a whole, you know, over time trying to keep doing these things. And yeah, I think maybe learning like, okay, I, I don't have to respond to that. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, but I've not found it easy, personally. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I had this thing where I think I downloaded an app which kind of restricted my time. Like, it literally would not let you open it if you spent a certain amount of time on the app. But then I just found I was disabling it. So um, I did that for a while. Um, I'm on Twitter a lot, actually. I just... and Yeah, you are. I don't know. I am. But you seem, you seem quite comfortable with it, you know. Yeah, and it I think... doesn't seem to... If it's negatively affecting you or anyone, then surely you, you're able to recognize that at some level. Um, yeah. But actually, some people are just kind of a bit better at having that, you know, distance and separation from it and it not... And maybe that comment from somebody doesn't really affect you as much as it might sometimes. Yeah. Well, like, I did... So I think Imran, he did a... So he obviously tweeted that I'd kind of done... An episode by myself and then someone replied but it was an account i blocked obviously for good reason because they were like does anyone actually listen to this and then imran's replied from the account not said anything to me because obviously he wanted to shell my like um, to spare my fragile ego and he's just replied saying i really hope not and so i was like oh okay that's quite a funny response i quite like that one. and i think um being able to diffuse kind of comments if you can um i think definitely does help and so and i think well, it's one easier of, one of the things that you do as well is i think you're you're quite willing to delete and apologize. And I think that that makes a, um, cause I've seen you do that a couple of times. If you get something <laughs> wrong and you just sort of say, look, you know, sorry, or this is what I've learned from this or whatever. I think, I think that's a much better way to be. And it helps you to not, you know, to recognize that, yeah, just, just that. treat social media with a bit of a better, um, a better, a better way of doing it, you know? Yeah. Thanks man. I appreciate that. I mean, um, yeah, I definitely yeah, do think like, if because I yeah, don't really see myself as like perfect or whatever. Um, let's move on though, because it's starting to make me feel uncomfortable. So uh, Minna, he did a tweet saying um, uh, literally nothing controversial about this. And he was quoting an article by the Daily Mail. 
that said conservatives are less intelligent than left-wingers. So it's a, con- a controversial study. I don't know why I enjoy reading that so much because it's just, I'm sure people will be like, oh, that's so patronizing and whatever. Um, yeah, kind of interesting this was in the Daily Mail. I know, right? You're like, oh, Isn't okay, it? That's, okay, that was my first okay. reaction to that. Yeah. Um, that tweet. I guess I guess that whole business model really is is what gets the most clicks and if they can even stimulate the most rage of their their, their own readers, maybe that gets the uh, most yeah. clicks and the most traffic. And um I think I've seen a few iterations of this this sort of uh headline over the years. Yeah. Um but I was thinking it was more like that maybe conservatives don't see themselves as conservatives. Maybe they're like, Oh, we're radicals or something. I don't know. Conservatives are too. Yeah, I, I have to admit, I didn't actually click on the article, but um, I wasn't sure if this was, uh, yeah, no, I don't America I or, um, or from yeah. here. I think it was the Americans. Yeah, it was the Americans. Yeah, um, yeah, I might have even seen that before in the past, but yeah, I definitely remember seeing something relating to Brexit and being like, they knew what they were voting for and all that, blah blah blah. Um, okay, well, maybe rather than talking about the kind of uh, conservatives are ruining ruining everything for everyone else. Um, talk about some more light-hearted things. So I, do you have siblings, Ben? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So do you see this one, the sibling urge to say that's you when an ugly character comes on TV? Do you, do you have that kind of relationship? <laughs> um, I don't know so much that, but definitely um, I was an extremely annoying brother. Um, no way. Are you... Oh, I, yeah. You have older brother energy. Are you an older brother? No, I'm actually a mid in the middle, so I have an no older way. brother, and I have a, a younger one. sister, and I have an older sister. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. So, but, but to my annoying. younger sister, I w- was the most annoying. No I way. Think. In what way? In what way? Yeah, I think it was just. I mean, it was relentless. Um, at one point, just poking or something, you know. Right. I mean, if if we again the scenario of watching TV, and if yeah. someone's trying to watch TV, that's the best time to really annoy them, isn't it? Yeah, you know? sure, of course. Um, maybe you're you're too young to know better at that point. That's the excuse I'm going to use anyway. I think like mm. I was just very very annoying as a brother, <laughs> um, but I think I recognised um, at one point um, when she threw a spoon at me, um, right. and uh, she, and it was really accurate throw, and at oh, that yeah, point. Okay. And and my, my parents didn't take a lot of sympathy for me. I was like, oh, okay, so uh-huh. I must have find, I must have gone to the limit there. <laughs> that must have been. <laughs> I must have done too much. So, so are you? Is it still like that now? What's your relationship like now? I like to think oh, that no, those kind no. of. Yeah. Do you get on now? Yeah. Yeah. Really. Yeah. We, we, yeah. We're very close. Yeah. Oh, um, but um, she's a she's a GP. Is um, she? Oh, so yeah, obviously she's... like a close to our point, right? And then. Um... Yeah, 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 yeah. She's she's GP. Um, yeah, lots lots of sympathy for the GPs at the moment, what they're going through. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, no, we have a very good relationship. Um, hmm. I would say, I think we definitely had that. Um, but it's also good having a um, a brother or sister, isn't it? It's like you've you've always got someone that that can uh, you know you can play computer games with, or you can try and you can beat them, or you know, yeah, yeah. it's nice having someone around. Yeah, absolutely. So, like, I grew up with two younger brothers, and uh, my parents used to call us like the mini mafia, though, because they'd pretty much do what I said. It was awesome, um, and uh, I, they, I mean, we we got on really well. And um, but like now, I find myself like reminiscing and trying to recreate the kind of moments from us being kids whenever we kind of like meet up. So one of the things I used to love was kind of like staying up really late, either watching match of the day or something and eating a whole load of chicken wings, just like way too much to be like sick. And um, well, I was going back home to my parents' house like a few, 
uh, weekends ago. And I remember being like to my brothers, okay, let's, like, we'll, um, I was going, so Joe was working the weekend, so I thought, I'll take the kids down, I'll put them to bed, like, super early, and we'll get chicken wings and we'll watch a movie. And then, like, the day before, my older brother was like, oh, I can't make it, you know, stuff for the kid. And then my other brother, he'd had, like, a really busy day at work. So he's an F1, and he'd finished late, and he was knackered, and it's just, and all these things just kind of happened, and all these kind of like, plans in my head of it being just like the old days and playing Goldeneye and whatever. No. Oh, Goldeneye, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so moving on. Um, There's this tweet that I put in that I don't know why I'm like mentioning it, but it really enraged me. It was like from Nadim Zahawi. He's an absolute, um, the kind of person he'd sue for a tiny podcast. I mean, I won't say anything. He's just an absolute blank, fill in the blanks, however you like. (laughs) But he's like, teachers going on strike is unforgivable, says Nadim Sawi, which I think is a really rich thing for a Tory MP to say about as if they get to arbitrate on what's unforgivable, given all the things that those guys are um, kind of responsible for and what they get up to. Um, So I just, um, the reply to it though, from the secret head teacher, which seems to be like a good account to follow. So at secret HT1. Yeah. And I followed it after seeing that. Yeah. 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 So it goes, personally, I think creating and sustaining an education system that struggles to recruit and retain the key people to deliver that system is unforgivable, which I think is a nice way of responding really. Um, yeah, it's just, just a nonsense tweet, isn't it? Really? Yeah. Just, I don't think, I don't know who. Everyone knows how important teachers are. We should we should know. Um, if teachers are thinking of going on strike, then there's got to be a good reason for that. Um, and mm. whatever he's got to say is, I don't know, just not important. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, um, speaking of, so I wanted to lose it, and Nadine said, "Oh, yeah." And there's this other this other really core cool Reddit thread. That was from three days ago, and it's posted by at oh gosh, okay u slash s-h-o-c-t abdo pelvis three days ago and the title of the post is lost my shit today do you want to read this out i quite enjoy i like yeah 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 i did i enjoyed it as well yeah um yeah i'm i'm normally a fairly tame s-h-o just gets on with it but i managed to lose my shit on a consultant today and i'm worried about the consequences i needed to do a referral to another team and happened to find them on our ward it was the consultant reg and s-h-o who's a friend of mine I stood in the background waiting as the consultant was speaking to the reg. The SHO asked me if I have a referral and I said, yes, I do. The consultant then raised his hand and shushed me. <laughs> it's, always been, it's always been a thing with me, but I lose my shit when I get shushed. So I asked the consultant, did you just shush me? He said, yes, because you interrupted me. I said, no, I didn't. Number one, I spoke to your junior. He asked me a question. And number two, I'm an adult professional and doctor. So no one should dare and shush me. I'm not a child. I will not be treated like one. He said, I'm going to stop you there and introduce yourself. I am the, I'm imagining fucking consultant, but it's <laughs> starred. I interrupted him and said, you could be the medical director for all I care. Don't shush me. He looked right. at me angrily and apologized. <laughs> His <laughs> registrar took my referral and they left the ward. I am leaving the hospital next week, but worried this will come and bite me in the ass. Should I apologize to him? Genuinely not sure how I lost my shit this bad. <laughs> The thing, the thing that kind of gets me about this is that he describes this as losing my shit when essentially he was just kind of standing his ground. He or she was standing their ground 
for being shushed. I also kind of like the way that they were like, one and two. Like, I wonder if they had the kind of hand gestures for that. And three, I also enjoyed the use of shushed in the past tense. I mean, there's so much to enjoy about this. What did you think of it? Sassy. I love it. I love it. I love it. Nails. This person is nails, you know. Don't shush them. But completely right. Yeah. And I think that a lot of us maybe i mean it says in in the in in the uh, reddit handle sho but i suppose if we were shos you know a lot of us have probably been talked down to and maybe wouldn't mm. have had the confidence especially not to a consultant to say that even when it's clearly wrong and yeah. we wish we had so <clears throat> I, I think and I, but I also get the tone at the end is that i suppose there have been times maybe when you have spoken back to somebody and it's justified but you still are shitting nice. yourself afterwards yeah. because because yeah, there may be somebody who who wants to say something bad behind your back, or maybe something. So I can understand that as well. But I mean, yeah. personally, I think absolutely right. And like you know, and if if you're on the receiving end of that, and maybe you, you spoke over somebody, and then they spoke that like, if that was me, I would need to to take a proper lesson from that SHO because mm. that is just. I mean, actually, you know, putting putting your finger up somebody and telling them to yeah. shush, shush yeah. It is. Oh, man. I can understand why that person saw red there. Yeah. Uh, but actually well, you, seeing red, but then actually going through that in a kind of a reasonable way, yeah. that's very commendable, you know, because, because I think it's they're absolutely right do what they did. Imagine shushing. I mean, like, I don't even shush my kids. Like, it's just a bit, it's just a bit weird. <laughs> Who shushes anyway? Like, unless you're like in the cinema and you're watching a movie. And you don't, so then maybe you shush people because you want to watch the media and it's like ridiculous. So I yeah, don't I mean, think I, I mean, shush. I could understand, like, maybe if you said to your five year old or four year old because they were annoying their brother or sister and they're just going on and on, you might say shush, but never in any kind of adult working environment do you ever do that. Yeah, I don't think I ever really no. shush Lils. I just think I just think the shushing thing is just it's devoid of any kind of explanation or anything. So it's just like it's just a kind of weird noise that you make, and it just seems really bizarre. So and yeah, you're right. Like it's acceptable to a five year old. But like, can you imagine if someone shushed you, mate? I would see red. I would be going points one, two, three, four, subclause A, B, C. I'd be. The thing is, is that this person had points one and two. And whenever people go one, two, I'm like, no, you can't start having one and two and not have three. If you've only got two points, then you should just say this and that. That's but then they'd be like, I was reading that. I was like, hang on. Where's three? Where's three? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's probably what like... the consultant was thinking as well. <laughs> <laughs> this, 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 this person is the master. Yeah. <laughs> they fooled me. I was waiting for three. I was just on my, I was on the edge of my, waste bin and yeah, number crazy. three is you apologizing to me <laughs> yeah, absolutely maybe that's why it said he looked at me angrily and apologized the anger was that there was no point three and the, he apologized because he was in the wrong so i assumed it's i mean point. i think that that person if they do want to then they they should probably go and speak to that consultant in a in a different way just to yeah. reassure them not not that they've done anything wrong but um to be honest that consultant probably hopefully you would hope feels very bad about the situation now recognizes that they shouldn't have done that and yeah you know then, maybe a way to clear the air might be to actually go and you know chat sit and chat to them or have a coffee or you think that's not a great idea i don't know because i'm like the type of person who would be doing the shushing i don't think they have that level of insight i think yeah. to do that especially and they left the reg to like to their floor and they kind of like plonked off like nah i don't think those i think those kinds of people they've got to that kind of position and especially when they're like i i'm going to stop you there i'm the consultant like that was the kind of drop mic thing i don't it wasn't quite the drop mic that you thought it was i mean that very behavior i think tells you all you need to know 
Yeah, that the battling back there was good, you know, and he's yeah. coming out with the consultant and then he interrupt or she interrupts him again. It's like, wow. You could you could you can sort of sit yourself like uh at the desk there and watch that happening, can't yeah, you? Yeah, exactly. You'd be sat there just looking going yeah it's like watching wwe and it's like one two three count oh it's the three but but with the sh you'd be like rooting for the sh yeah come on there's the sh the sh yeah 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 (laughs) oh well but um yeah i enjoyed that i enjoyed it good on that sh for standing their ground and yeah it's not on them to like educate the consultant the consultant needs to learn how to be an adult for god's sake um uh so there was another tweet that i thought i'd mention because it kind of made me outraged just because of the sheer amount of money that we spend this is about gps poor gps right as if they don't have enough on their plate rcgp council discussion of membership fees when you compare to the other royal college fees we're a bit spenny so a full member of the royal college of general practitioners 558 pounds a year royal college of royal college of physicians only 222 pounds uh em 316. It seems to me like the most painful specialties. You have to pay more. Psychiatry, £473 a year. Pediatricians also, £473 a year. See, see, like being med-reg is awful, but you do pay a lot less for your Royal College fees. So there you go. I think people don't talk about that enough. I didn't know this. I I didn't know there was such a a a disparity. Amazing. Um, And also, did you see the, um, the, for, for FRCP, um for, oh, for so rcp yeah. is is um 222 but for S- frcp i don't know the numbers but i've heard it's a lot more and what, what do you get you get to put frcp after your name that's um, a pretty big deal wow not that much else to be honest yeah um, isn't it like you can yeah, you can nominate other people or something like <laughs> yeah that's right you can nominate fellows and you can uh you can nominate other people to be it's like wow yeah. it's a pyramid scheme it, it, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's just yeah. a doctor pyramid scheme. <laughs> yeah. Embarrassing. Well, or it? or physicians associates. I mean, yeah. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh God, let's not let's not do that, Ben. God, we're coming towards the end. Let's not do that. Let's not do that now. Um, so moving on, uh, there is a tweet from Doctor Irfan Malik who is saying, uh, "Dear NHS UK, uh, please delete this inaccurate Facebook post. Talk to your GP about your travel plans. Really." Talk to your GP about your travel plans, as if they don't have enough to do. You have to go and be like, oh, yes, I'm going to uh, the Maldives for two weeks in in four weeks' time. Um, should I, I don't know, wear sun cream? I mean, like, what is it that you're expecting? What is that about? Isn't that kind of thing what 111 should actually be for? Or should be, or what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think, they, I think they deleted this and retracted it. I Did saw they? it and I just oh, thought, okay. that is unbelievable i mean in a situation where gps are just completely you know completely overrun already and you're actually asking you're asking people and some of the points that people were making for example um i don't think gps can actually give uh, a lot of those for example vaccinations because they're not mandated is that right so like they can give a covid vaccine as part of the the normal process but they wouldn't necessarily be mandated to give a, a yellow fever I, I think that was, no. that was one of the points so it's like even you know you can obviously why would you get travel advice there for a start and then also they, they they're not set up to do that they're not yeah they're not a travel clinic you know um it yeah i don't know i don't know how that slipped through the net really it's, it's just, just kind of small words they use, isn't it, to make them sound like they've got us, they've got it together when they don't. They're like, oh yeah, this is what you should do. But it's like no infrastructure. <laughs> but these are just a series of words that make it sound like I know what I'm doing when actually they're just it's just more because they don't actually have to face the 
pa- the patient who's then going to their GP but like, well, this is what you know I've been told to do, and why have I been told to do that? And you know, um, anyway, yeah, um, life is difficult enough for GPs without one more thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everyone Travel going advice. on holiday. Yeah, yeah. The Maldives get some advice. Um, so we're coming up towards the end. There are a few tweets that I wanted to put in that I thought were kind of lighthearted and nice to end with. Um, so there was a fess hole one. Did you see that one? Yeah, I saw that. Do you, do you like it? What? Do yeah, you, I did. Yeah, do you want to read that yeah, one? I out? Did. The energy. Yeah, I did. I did. Um... I just get, I always get that thing. You don't believe it. No, I do. I do. And I I know that I'm sure that probably is. Um, But really like are people, do people really, um, what should I read it out? Yeah. It's not, I have a small car in busy car parks. I like to park it in between two big cars. So it's hidden away and makes other drivers think there's an empty space until they get near enough to park in it. I mean, there are people that, like this in my hospital car park. I know <laughs> right. So I, I, I do wonder if this, this one is true. Um, do you think people really do that? Well, you know what? I believe it because there's just so many, there's just so many horrible people out there. And you know, like there are, I remember once like um, I was driving along with my brother and someone had like fallen in the middle of the road. And um, I remember like, stopping my car and like getting out my brother was so th- i probably was like a maybe like an f1 or an f2 and my brother was probably still at school and uh i remember like going out to see if this person was okay and they were like fine i think and um i remember my brother pressing on the horn because this like traffic warden was like i'm like and stuff and i'm like mate can you not literally see like what i'm doing and it's like it doesn't matter you're not allowed to stop here and i'm like there's some people who are just like malicious freaks or whatever or like jobs worths and i'm just like so that i just honestly i do think there must be people like that there must be who just kind of get actually off. a funny thing happened to me in the car park the other day actually it was a non-specified uh time period <laughs> right. in the past uh and and uh, i part I, I well there was I, okay I've, I've got i've got a, a fairly small car got a corsa right i, I right. think i can get in a fairly nestle in a you know and there was somebody on one side of me who who was uh, a big four by four right? right and i think i got in i think i left enough space you know right. i mean but you know, sometimes you just need to get a parking space um, yeah sure and so i think i mean because the, the, they were they didn't leave much space um right. and but the person that because i'd kind of parked then somebody was coming back from their night shift and i was going in in the day they didn't realize that i was still in the car <laughs> so they they saw from a distance they started throwing their hands up in the air and effing and blinding and like what's this yeah what and then i sort of got out of the car and went oh <laughs> and i was like yeah hi hi, hi. mate is that all right and they were like yeah that's absolutely fine i'll just i'll just go in the other side and go across and like, well there's not much i can do like, that person's had it's the most uh, awkward thing ever oh uh, fair enough at least they didn't double down and at least they kind of realise that that kind of crazy. Or just... the or the ultimate, uh, you know, the most heinous thing you can do, which is which is write a note and put it underneath oh, someone's gosh. windscreen wiper, which that's is the, the the highest level of yeah, you know. yeah, like that's completely uncalled for. That's absolute. That's absolute savagery right there. Um, I quite like. Um, um well my wife is always asking me to put petrol in our car with her bank card i apply my own fuel tax and only put in 18 pounds in spending the other two pounds on sweets i think that's fair enough i think you've got a there's like there's a i definitely employ something called a dad tax um where if i ever get joe a drink i have to have a sip 
Yeah, I um, yeah, I think that's that's one of the benefits, right? Yeah, I mean, I exactly. wouldn't know, but uh, but I think that and and you know, peanut butter on toast, there's there's always going to be a certain amount of the, the the peanut butter on toast, which is going to be yours. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Sorry, I just found one. There are two in quick succession that are pretty. This is this one's a bad one actually. So this is I don't really want to read the doctor one actually. There's a doctor one. It's not very nice. So I won't read that because you don't encourage that kind of behavior. Um, there's one here that's so gross. I use the little metal thingy Apple gives you for getting the SIM card out of the phone. To what do you think they might use it for? Do you want to guess how this goes? You mean the really tiny, tiny, almost pinpoint thing? Right? Yeah, yeah. What do you think they use that for? Um, uh, maybe nails maybe nails oh, that's a good maybe one. underneath that's a good the one. nails maybe yeah that's know. nice that's actually kind of practical i probably i wouldn't judge but anyway this person uses it to remove the plaque from my teeth it's the most effective tool i've found so far and cheaper than the oh, dentist that's i want to say that's horrible but i'm thinking that's genius are you oh gosh all right yeah <laughs> fair enough <laughs> mate <laughs> Okay, cool. Uh, let's By the do, way, you know, have you you know that thing with dentists where the, the I think dentists will always find a bit that bleeds when they when they're jabbing away. They will yeah. always they will always find one bit. They'll always find yeah. one bit that bleeds. And they'll yeah. tell you you've not you've not done enough. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I hate it. I hate it. Although I haven't been to the dentist in so long, I need to. I'm like scared of going back because they'll be like, "I'm sorry, this all has to come out," and I'll be like, "Oh no, all of it." Yes, all of it. I'm afraid your whole. And have you been using away. the interdental brushes? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yes, sir. Yeah. Please just don't charge me so much. Um, so we're coming up to time. I just wanted to mention one last tweet, which was from Ariane. Beeston. Oh, her name's Beeston. Yeah. Anyway, that's, that seems that'll be relevant in a second. Shout out to the preschool ballerina who said she didn't want to be a swan today. She wanted to be a bee. So we all did bee lake instead. I love that. I loved that. It's a bit of a positive note. Um, ben, thank you so much for coming on. Do you want to impart any wisdom to anyone, like the one or two people who might be listening? No, I don't. I, I don't have wisdom. You have loads of wisdom. <laughs> 44,000 people follow you, by the way. I was looking the other day. Like, what are they following you for there? Yeah, I don't know. It's for I the wiseness. Know. It's for the wis- wisdom. Why is it? Why, you know, wisdom. No, I, I genuinely don't know. Um, oh. But uh, I, I just, uh, you know, don't be too hard on yourself. That would that's be my... Nice. <laughs> yeah, no, that's <laughs> that nice. That would be my advice. It's true. People are too hard on themselves. That is nice. That's, um, I think, I think uh, especially medical professionals. Yeah, Absolutely. Be, yeah, be kind to yourself first. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been awesome. The, ti- the time is gone. So it's like, an, we're actually gone over. It's awesome. So, um, and um, sorry, Imra- sorry, guys who are kind of li- um, listening out for Imran. It's two weeks without the Lasker, whatever, but um, he'll be there next week, probably. Yeah, thank you so much for listening and uh, your feedback and stuff. Um, Please retweet us and subscribe to our channel. We don't have a channel, but I don't know. These are words I feel like I have to say.